Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Nonny Podcast in association with Workforce Dimensions Limited. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the season now. It's been a big old week for some of our teams and we've got a packed show ahead for you, uh, of course. As always, I'm John Phipps and as always, my co-host Matt Gerrard is on the line now, having been single-handedly responsible for a bread shortage in Thanet over the weekend. How are you, Matt? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, good to have uh, Workforce Dimensions Limited with us as well, our principal sponsor of the Kent Nonley podcast. Um, how much bread have you eaten? Not a lot, to be honest, because I felt a lot better for not eating it. So I'm just feeling Just now, before this, I had my first sandwich. I had a bagel, which is very middle class with me on Friday, uh, with bacon and bread. But apart from that, I haven't had any much bread at all. So I'm trying to keep off it. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to keep off it if it, if it makes you feel a little bit healthier and... Um, yeah, so I thought I would miss it more. I may even, as I said, mentioned, I mentioned last week, may try and stop crisps for Lent, which will be even tougher mm. than um, uh, than bread because I do like a packet of crisps. But uh, I'm getting to that age. Everything I eat seems to give me indigestion as well. So basically, even the flavoured crisps seem to be going out the window, and I'm on the ready sorted. So yeah, I think it's an age thing, really, to be honest. But uh, yeah, no, I've, I haven't. I've kept off the bread, so I'm quite proud of myself at the moment. That is genuinely the most middle-class thing I've ever heard. Yes, I gave up bread for Lent, and then on the first thing I had was a bagel. What an absolute... Yeah, so you're not the man I thought you were, Matt Jones. Yeah, no, that was, that was a bit middle-class, but uh, I do like a bagel, yes. So, it was, that was, so that was my first bit of bread was a bagel, which well, class, well, is classed as bread, isn't it? So, um, yeah, but that's, that's a bagel, yeah. yeah um, well, close to the eight, I suppose, 80, bagel. It looks like an eight, isn't it? Double bagel, is that something in some sport? Tennis, that is. If you... Is it double bagel? Six six love, six love. That's a double bagel. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, so there you go. So it is a sporting connotation, but not a football connotation. So, unless you lost 6-0, 6-0 in consecutive games, which I'm sure one of our sides has done over the years. Well, exactly. Someone must have been bageled at some point. So if you ever have, yeah. uh, please feel free to uh, to get in touch. Now, we don't just throw this stuff together. So I've got a list of things that Matt Gerard has sent me he wants to talk about. Uh, top of the list was Amazon Alexa. Go. Yeah, we, we, well, we need a new boiler at our gaff now, so, um, and part of the agreement is you get a free Amazon Alexa, which, and the ex- extortionate amount of paying for a boiler, they've given us a free twenty nine ninety nine Amazon Alexa. Of course, the kids, every time they used to go in curries, they used to play with these things, so we're over the moon, but I've had it a few days, and I'm still thinking, Teletext is better than an Amazon Alexa, because I've asked for the, Teletext, bang, get me the football scores like that. When I get in, of course, as I'm a sad bad, Got in on Saturday uh, after Davis' win. I got in on Friday after Davis' win because it arrived on the Friday. And my first question to it was, Alexa, how did David Athletic get on? Clearly, Alexa doesn't know that the Football League or the National Leagues exist because it kept saying, Dover lost 5-0 to Berry in the FA Cup. It's not that sophisticated to give National League scores. And in my opinion, it needs to go because that's rubbish. Even the Teletext, I can find any National League score. Ask Alexa about David Athletic doesn't even know what it is. So I'm absolutely disgusted with the device. Any other league, it'll do it. And the wife got a little bit annoyed because in the middle of a programme the other day, I shouted out, Alexa, what's the Norwich score? And it gave me the Norwich score at the moment and who scored the goals. But it doesn't know the National League. All of Alexa bigging it all up, but it couldn't tell me that Dover had beaten Aldershot. AKA, I knew they'd beaten Aldershot, but I wanted to hear it from Alexa. But she let me down. Um... Okay, right, you've had a bit of a rant there. I've spent most of the time silently laughing because I didn't want to uh, upset you. However, I'm going to make a suggestion to you when you get home this evening. Okay? 
got one of these things. Oh, yeah, we've got we've got two. Um, I want you to go in there and say, Alexa, yeah. play the Kent Non-League podcast. And then tell me if your teletext can bloody do that, because Alexa can. Uh, no, because uh, no, I, well, I, did, I didn't ask about the Kent Non-League podcast. I asked about a, a rival podcast, the Peter Crouch one. It might not technically be a, a rival one, because he gets more followers than us, rightfully so. And she didn't even know who that was. My so if, Alexa, I, if I said to it, play the Connect, Kent Non-League podcast, it'll play it. Well, my Alexa has played the Kent Non-League podcast. It, play, it was a few weeks out of date, granted, but I was able to say, Alexa, play the Kent Non-League podcast, and the Kent Non-League podcast appeared. And I'm glad I'm not doing it in one of the rooms where, where my Alexa is, because otherwise that would be all sorts of brother. But I have but how, asked her uh, to Do you need Kent to know some sort of SoundCloud or Spotify to do this, or did you do it? I, I don't know if I said uh, through Sp- Spotify or not, but I definitely have asked her to play the Kent Nonny podcast and she came up trump. So I'll go and do it again in a moment and see, um, and I'll report via social media. But um, definitely that is one place where... But, but, but that, that is, is better. It should know the Dover Athletic score, shouldn't it? They're in a mate major league. I don't care we lost 5-0 to Barry back in November, as you keep telling me. I want to know that we beat Norwich 1-0. So I can hear it in my... And have a little smirk on my face. But it didn't work. So, that's a, so since then, I'm thinking, no, I'm disappointed with it. Well, I, I, I really mean, what, a, what a start to the show. Um, next on my list of things is Line of Duty. Um, now, I, much like Luther, started watching Line of Duty uh, from the very beginning for the first time uh, about two weeks ago. Um, I messaged you on... Uh, Tuesday and said oh yeah we just watched the first episode of season three um last night we watched all but the last episode of series three so we are very nearly at the end of series three um I... series three is the police sausage the, the police government at the beginning is it yeah that's the one yeah so the end I'll give it away the end of series three out of all the series is is the one the most that my drawing well, I was going to swear that went blindly. That is crazy. So that is, yeah, I think Series 3 is the best one. Well, the penultimate episode ended with um, a rather dramatic incident in a car where um, a well-known character um, had a bullet put through her head. Um, so that was quite eye-opening. Um, and so we're going to see tonight probably what, what pans out no, in, the, the, in the last... Let me know what you think about the end, because you'll be... I really thought it was draw-dropping the... That episode, yeah, brilliant, absolutely fantastic program. And again, on going forward to series five, there was another jaw dropping moment this week as well. So you're doing well to stop off social media because it's everywhere. I think he's in the, I think there's an even a live stream podcast. I wouldn't recommend Alex. You say that to Alexa because it probably give you all the spoilers away. But um, yeah, very good program. And apart from that, we're not watching anything because it's pretty rubbish at the moment on the telly. Do you know what the, the one thing I will say about Line of Duty um, is that. For me, every series has got better. So I thought the first series was good. I thought the second series was even better. And the third series was even better than that. And another thing I will say about it as well is a lot of times we watch dramas and you're sitting there with like 20 minutes to go and you're thinking this isn't going to get wrapped up. This isn't going to get wrapped up. But they always wrap it up. It seems to move at just the perfect pace for a good drama yeah. show. Yeah, really. Yeah, Lenny James, you know, when he, I don't know if anyone's listed, when he gets run over, when he... In the final episode of the first series, series, yeah, unbelievably good program, and, it, and it's one of these programs. I know we talk about it, but I'm sure we went to the 
every man in the street they're talking about this program and that's a sign of a, a really good program great acting yeah fantastic program yeah absolutely brilliant um right the other things i've got written down here on my list of things to talk about as we've got a couple of minutes left of the dribble section is the other matt gerrard uh, we mentioned him a couple of weeks ago um that you're not the only uh, matt gerrard in the in the entertainment world um so tell me a little bit about this american fella apparently yes because occasionally i get emails from from america saying oh don't forget you can rent my music studio out of course i delete these sort of things apparently he's the he writes the songs on glee this matt gerrard things and he's written a load of songs as well so he is the other matt gerrard i don't know if he's ever been in a music studio have you heard of matt gerrard from the ken non podcast but i don't know if he gets any crappy emails about non-league football but um i do get some occasional emails for him so yes yeah, that's the there's a few matches you, you do Google yourself and, I, and this is even more thing I do have that that um, thing on Google as well as I'm, I'm giving sound as well as well as I get new daily clips from, from Google updates whatever it is gives me some information about the National League and of course Dover Athletic okay, and I've also set one up for the, my name as well so if it came up I would that is sad isn't it yeah, very sad. What what I've just done is I've actually just Googled your, your name, Matt. And what is quite amazing is that um, if I Google Matthew Gerrard, then obviously you're Singer Man's Top. Um, and then you've got songs written by Matthew Gerrard is second. Then an IMDB page, which I assume is his uh, third. And then his all music credits. But then the next thing, the fifth thing down, is your Twitter page, which is quite good. If you search Matt Gerrard, the first thing that comes up on my Google search is your Twitter page. So obviously you're 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 almost up there with this fella. I think, he's, I think he's written some big songs as well. He co-wrote some big songs. So when going back to that thing, when you Google your name and it comes a thing, I've never seen my name in it. It's always him doing something in LA, which maybe I should stop that. That, that is the ultimate pretentious thing. Hoping when you get the alerts of your own name in, isn't it? Because yeah. you've never done that, have you? Uh, no, I've just typed in. The first thing that comes up when you search me is uh, my Twitter page. Uh, then a Facebook link, and then are you, are you a Jonathan? Though, are you? Well, I've just searched John Phipps, but yeah, I am a Jonathan. Um, and then yeah. uh, do you ever use your name, Jonathan? No, not really. Unless no. I'm, only my mum and dad. Um, and then the third yeah. uh, reference is someone who is a MA who creates vi- virtual orchestrations for metal bands. Uh, and then there was a director and architect planner uh, with his uh, with his CV. Um, and then if I search, I, w- I will just very quickly, because I'm aware that we've been prattling on, search Jonathan Phipps, which is my actual given name. And uh, yeah, no, nothing of note. There's no one famous with my name. There's a, uh, Yeah, just no one famous. If somebody is called John Phipps or Matthew John and they do listen to this podcast and it's not us, we will give them maximum respect and give them a massive shout out next week. So if your name is Matthew Gerrard or John Phipps, um, We'll give you a shout out. It might be the last. Is it the last one next week? I think we'll get one more in for the playoffs. So it'll be the penultimate yep. next week. Uh, yeah. If you, if you are, if you are that, or you, or you know somebody else who's not us, please let us know as well. And we're going to get another shout out for Workforce Dimensions Limited, our new sponsor, John. Indeed. And if you are called Matt Gerard, you listen to the podcast. I can guarantee you, you're the only Matt Gerard who listens to all of these podcasts. Anyway, uh, it's our 81st episode this week, and 81, of course, is the two digits in my Twitter handle. Why? Well, despite, as we've just said, there being no famous people called John Phipps, there's a chap in Ottawa who hasn't tweeted since August who has my first choice Twitter handle of at John Phipps, and I didn't think about... Can you buy that off him? I, I don't want to buy it, do I? I don't care that much. Um, and I didn't think... No, about... can, you, can, you, can you do that, though? I think if you're well, famous enough, you could probably... Yeah. 
get that off him. Twitter bigwigs would come and kick him out. Um, I didn't yeah. think about going down the Gerard route of an underscore in the middle, so I just added the year of my birth on the end. So what a glorious year it was for all back in 81, when Mr. and Mrs. Phipps, although they weren't Mr. and Mrs. Phipps at the time, welcomed their bouncing baby boy into the world. It's also the title of a song by Yo Gotti. And in the first three lines of the lyrics, the N-word appears twice. So that's not for me. Thank you, Mr. Gotti. Uh, and finally, it's also our last square number of shows before we reach the big 100. And if that's not an exciting fact, then I do not know what is. Nine um, squared is 81. Yeah, so what? It's the next... Probably... Well, before Christmas, then we might get to the magical 100. What are we going to do for that? Have it... Meet up, well, we meet up enough to meet so we do it on the phone. Yeah, sounds fair. Um, anyway, I was going to start at the top with the National League this week, having wound Matt up for weeks about leaving them to last. But before we head to the top of the pyramid, the Easter weekend was a pivotal one in the battle for the two title races in the Southern Counties East League. It's the most exciting we've got left, so let's start there. In the Premier Division, Cray Valley overcame their tough test at Chatham on Saturday, winning by two goals to one. But Corinthians stayed top by beating Deal Town 5-1. But it was all change on Monday. Cray Valley thumped Croydon 5-0, but Corinthian were beaten 1-0 at Fisher, sending the FA Vars finalists to the top of the table with just one game remaining. Cray Valley returned to the scene of their greatest moment of 2019 for the finale on Saturday, Salters Lane in Faversham to face Canterbury City, while Corinthian host Beersted. It's simple, really. If Cray Valley win, they're champions. If they don't, Corinthian have to win to pip them to the title and a spot in the Bostic League for next season. It's been a, it's been so, it, Corinthian must be so upset, Matt, because it's been, they've been leading the way for so long and then right at the last, their penultimate game of the season, they suffer only their second defeat in ages and all of a sudden it's looking like Cray Valley are, are in the driving seat. Yeah, Corinthian, I think about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, it was in their hands, then they lost, then it came back into their hands, but that was a, a bitter blow, you know, Fisher are a decent side, aren't they, third place in that division, so... Um, yeah, you got to feel for them. But and when we had Kevin Watson, he said his his main aim was to win the the division, that rather than the Vars, even though he could have a chance of a double. But yeah, I've got to feel for Corinthian a little bit. We don't. There's definitely two not going up in this division, is there? No, we think it's definitely one. So definitely one. So Corinthian have to go again. Maybe next season from that. Yeah. Well, you never know. Canterbury, we, they were a bit unlucky. Of course, they only drew down there in the. Um, FA Vars as well, another result like that and a win for Corinthian. Corinthian will have the title, so Canterbury will be up for it as well because Canterbury can at least finish in eighth place if they get a result and they want to go with a with a bang. But you feel that the momentum's with Cray Valley at the moment. I don't know how Corinthian felt after the game on Saturday, but I think they were probably a little bit big sick, so disappointed for them there, really. But it's been a fantastic um, uh, season for the, 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 the scaffold, and it's great that it's gone down to the last game of the season. Yeah, fantastic. It has been a, a brilliant title race and, and I just wonder how, how motivated Canterbury will be by revenge as well because they would have loved to have beaten uh, Cray Valley in that semi-final and, and got to Wembley and I suppose would it be much of a consolation for, for them and, and you know, you've got pride as well with Canterbury City. I mean, they, they've actually got a game as well uh, midweek after the end of the season but they'll want to go out uh, at home on a high, won't they? Oh, I think so. I think they've done a really good... Um a good season okay, I think they were they were hurting a little bit because they probably were the better side particularly the last 20 minutes in that game and if they'd have equalised and they got the got 2-1 I think they might have got on to actually win the tie in extra time because the momentum was with them yeah they'll be trying all the best to to, um, to do that some part of me thinks well Canterbury right let's start to end as we end well and maybe we could be pushing the title next season you always think Bray Valley will be up there 
Will Corinthian be able to come back? I'd be interested to see that. But I, I, I fancy Corey Valley. One final push before the Vars. They'll probably just have too much and they'll be the Scaffold champions. Yeah, at the other end of the table, Russell's relegation was confirmed. It was a good weekend for Punjab United. He started the weekend with the threat of uh, relegation, but they beat both Hollands and Blair and AFC Croydon, and now they're up, up much higher up the table. Um, Hollands and Blair also won on uh, Easter Monday, and it was announced on Monday their new manager um, is going to be Simon Halsey, former Ramsgate, Whitstable and others manager. He's going to be assisted by former Faversham striker Luke Harvey. Um, I think that's a very, very, very astute appointment by Hollands and Blair. I've known Simon for um, a few years. He's a, a nice fellow. He's a good manager. And I would say Hollands and Blair will certainly not be in the sort of strife they were this season next year under him. Yeah, I think, yeah, Luke Harvey's got in there. I think Luke Harvey wanted the Faversham job before it went to Phil and Danny Chapman, Phil Miles and Danny Chapman. So, yeah, I think... Uh, Hollands and Blair have had a disappointing season. They'll look to go again. Such a great competitive division, the Scaffold. You never know. Um, some of the players will swap around in each, each um, club's in the summer. But it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. But again, is it next season? Are we getting more promotion places, John? And I said you'd ask him about this. It's all very confusing. Then. Next season is um, it's going to be definitely one, plus then possibly another one on points per game. If not, there'll be a playoff with the team from above. Uh, yep. in that league but so, it's Division 1 where there's going to be lots of promotion places yeah. um, so yeah. it'd be interesting I mean there is obviously a, a more chance obviously two went up last year um, you never quite know what's going to happen but I think it's going to be just one going up this time around elsewhere on Saturday the results were Canterbury City 3 Beckenham 0 Glebe 1 Beersted 0 K-Sports 1, Fisher 1, Sheppey United 2, Town 3 and Tumbridge Wells nil, Lawswood 1. Uh, on Monday it was Beersted 0, Chatham 1, Beckenham Town 3, AFC Croydon 1 K-Sports were beaten 2-0 at Crowborough. Sheppey United, two goals for Dan Bradshaw, taking top of the scoring charts as they won 2-1 at Deal. Irith Town beat Tunbridge Wells 4-2. Fisher beat Corinthian 2-0, as we've already heard. Uh, Lords with 1, Canterbury City 2. And Rustall nil, Glebe 1. Uh, this weekend, obviously, is the final fixtures, apart from the game on Tuesday, which I'll mention shortly. Uh, AFC Croydon against Lordswood. Chatham against Fisher. Croydon against Punjab, Glebe against Crowborough Athletic, Hollands and Blair against Irith Town, K-Sports against Beckenham Town, Sheppey United against Rustall and Tunbridge Wells against Deal Town, as well as the two games involving the top teams. And Tuesday night, 7.30 kick-off, Beersted against Canterbury City. Uh, Scaffold Division 1 as well. It's gone, well, right down to the wire as well, but it's down to just two teams for the title race. After a horrible weekend for Bride and Ropes, who were the team I thought for a long time were actually going to go on and win it, but defeats the Forest Hill Park and Holmesdale drop them down to fourth. Uh, we're still not sure if it'll be one or two up, but Wellington, after their blip, are in pole position to be champions and have scored seven unanswered goals in their win over Kent Football United and Meridian VP this week. They go to Lidtown on Saturday and it's all in their hands. Irith and Belver are a point behind with a better goal difference and have beaten both SC Thamesmead and Southern Athletic this week. They travel to Snodland Town on Saturday. It looks like, Matt, you said Wellington might miss out. It looks like they're going to be the champions. Yeah, I... I, I... Brian and Ropes have came to have come on from nowhere, haven't they? Probably haven't. We'd be so interested in the top three from this division. Uh, we haven't really seen them come on the top. Well, it looks like Welling. No, we've had a few problems Welling this season. Manager, they've got Ryan Golding is an absolute machine at that level. Scores goals for fun. Looks like they're going to do it. Good Easter for them, banging in the goals. So, um, yeah, interesting times ahead. So, I would say it's going to be Welling going to be doing it. Exactly. I know, because I've ripped off about eight times this season. <laughs> Irith and also scored their 100th goal of the season uh, in their game on Monday as well. The other results uh, over the weekend in that division 
On Friday, it was Greenways 4, Phoenix Reserves 1, Homesdale, Neil Lewis and Borough 3, Kentfoot United, Neil Wellingtown 3, uh, Lidtown 3, FC Elmstead 1, Meridian VP 2, Snodland Town 4, Rochester United 1, Stansfield 3, Sutton Athletic 1, Kennington 2. Uh, and then on Monday, it was FC Elmstead 1, Rochester United 1, Kennington 2, Greenways 1, Lewisham Borough 3, Forest Hill Park 1, Phoenix Reserves 0, Kentfoot United 5, Snodland 3, Lidtown 3, and the lesser-spotted 0-0 draw between Stansfeld and Sporting Club Thamesmead. Uh, fixtures on Saturday, if you want one final fix of Division 1 uh, action, are Forest Hill Park against FC Elmstead, Homestyle against Greenways, Kentfoot United against Lewis Shambara, Lidtown against Wellington, as we already mentioned, Rudian VP against Stansfeld, Ross United against Phoenix Sports Reserves, Snodland Town against Irith and Belvedere, SC Thamesmead against Kennington and Sutton Athletic against Bryden Ropes. Uh, we'll move on now then. Fair play, mate, going for all them. Did all right on that. A lot of results. I think you probably need some time off after the next couple of weeks to uh, get your head in gear after the right with those. I was got respect for giving out all those results. And what a great season it's been for the scaffold. Yeah, and interesting, just finally, that Phoenix Sports Reserves against Rochester United game. Um, we know Phoenix Sports Reserves have, have um, resigned from the league anyway. Um, but if Rochester win that game... Uh, and that they do have a game in hand as well, Rochester. Um, but if they were to win, they will leapfrog uh, Phoenix Sports Reserves and finish above them. So Rochester United will finish third from bottom rather than second from bottom in the table. Uh, we move on now then to talk about the National League, where um, I don't know if my league table's broken, Matt, but it looks like Dover are about 15th in the table after two wins, uh, two 1 0 wins over the Easter Bank holiday weekend. Um, in between those two wins, it was also the Player of the Year awards and the Supporters' Player of the Year and the Away Player of the Year, Mitch Brundle, spoke to Matt after the game against Aldershot on Friday. What a great achievement the club's laying up, firstly. Yeah, massive. You know, this this club, it doesn't deserve to be in the position that, we're, that we were in in the first place, but we, we managed to get there in the end. And now you look, the way the team's starting to perform and the way we're, we're sort of playing now. I know today was a scrappy game, but it's a, it's a hard game because we've worked so hard to get to being safe and then once you are safe it's it's such a relief that feeling on the way home on the Saturday was massive um, but like I said the supporters that, that travelled up to Barrow as well and um, the supporters that stuck with us for we had one win in 18 it's, it's massive for them as well you know they spent their hard earned money to come watch us and we weren't giving them the rewards and um, thankfully now we're starting to perform better and we're staying in this league which is massive because um, that Conference South next year will be will be tough. You look at the teams going into it, so um, it's hard to get out of as it is, but with all with all the teams going down, and it, it's going to be a tough league. So, yeah, I'm delighted. I'm delighted for the club, the gaffer, um, the chairman as well. The chairman's been fantastic since uh, since I've come in. He's he's always sort of backed us as a team. There's been some times where we've not given him the right to back us, but he still has. Um, and he does everything he can for this club. So did the gaffer when he came in with Trigg and Daz. Lee Walgan as well when they recruited a few players in um, and it, we managed to get it over the line that's the most important thing no matter how you do it is as long as you do it When did you think the time was yeah we can get out of this because you know, the, you know Halifax away I think November you're at seven, eight points at the bottom of the table when do you think something clicked saying yes we can do this? Well, obviously, a lot of people say change of managers. So we, we freshened up the squad. Um, we went full-time from being part-time. has to have a massive impact on it. Um, so um, I think once we got to grips with being full-time... How difficult was that, going from a part-time to full-time? 
not not as difficult as you think, especially for players. It's more the everyday training, the coming in constantly. You're looking at you get the video time and everything like that. So there's a lot that goes into it other than just training full time. It's being able to work on shape a few more times, working on what the opposition do, um, and the gaffers tactically been fantastic for us um, he's helped me he's helped me a lot as well as all the other players so we we look at other teams we watch videos we we train properly the training's been good so we we can only reap the rewards of that if it was three nights a week sometimes you've been at work all day and then you go into train sometimes you've got oh, I've had a bad day here I'm a bit tired whereas this you go into training and you're fresh and ready to go which is it, it has to you're looking back now at the season you have to say that was a, the, the massive factor and the chairman Back to, back to everything going full time so fair play to him You think key in this division you have to be a full time player now? Well I don't know how many teams now that are part time um, I mean I was part of a part time team in Braintree and we did really well but there's not many if you look at the top of the league even the top half of the league I don't know if you'll see any that are not full time so it obviously has a massive massive feeling feel for the players as well because you still feel like a, a professional footballer and you come in is that one of the things you're a professional footballer rather than a part time player is that, is that a big psychological factor I think so especially because of the Tuesday night games you know if some people have been at work all day and then they start playing on Tuesdays and you know it's, it's, it's hard to it's hard to adapt your lifestyle into that but when you just get up in the morning you go to training you do your hard work and then you get time to go to the gym, for example, and stuff like that. But if you're working all the time, you don't. So I would say that's the massive key. Um, and bringing, bringing in the gaffer, um, his staff, bringing in the players that we did. Because we, we just wasn't doing it as a, as a group of players. And that's myself included in that. So we just we just couldn't seem to get the nit. We couldn't get over the line to win. Um, and we, we was everyone was writing us off. But... Um, sometimes that shows good character about some players, especially the ones who've been here from the start. The ones who've come in have bought into it as well. So it's been it's been fantastic. It's it's one of the best achievements for me personally I've had. Um, just because when your back's against the wall, if you come out on top, it, it does make you feel happy because everyone writ us off, and yeah, I'm, I'm just delighted with that. What about you? You know, your contracts up at the end of the summer. Do you want to stay at the club? Yeah, well, we haven't. There's no been no discussions because we've been in. The situation we're in, we didn't know a conference staff or we were a conference. Um, the chairman and the gaffer have to sit down and talk about what the, their view is of the club and stuff. And I'm sure that will go ahead this week. And um, but if you offered something, you want to stay? Yeah, obviously I have to sort of look at my family. Um, I have to speak to my family now. I've got a little one. Um, obviously, I'm. I'm very, very happy here. I always have been since I first walked through the door. I think all the fans will know that as well. Um, I've always got a smile on my face. I'm always trying to give everything for this club. So um, we'll just see how the contract talks go over the next couple of couple of days. Really, it's going to be it's going to be next week. I think they've had their chat now, so they'll look at where the club's pushing for and stuff like that. So yeah, we'll sit down. We're trying. We're trying get. We're trying get the feelers off for both of us, and we'll. Um, We'll go from there, really. But now, I've, obviously, I've got a, I've got a lot of. Uh, it's different negotiating a contract now than it used to be because I've got a family. Uh, my missus is a long way from home, um, so I'll, at the end of the day, all I wanted to do is get over the line and be safe, and then I'll reevaluate everything from there. Because, like I said, I'm going to have to sit down with her and we have to discuss. We've got we've got a kid now. It's not just me doing what I want to do. It's we have to look at it as a whole and the team. Finally, two awards, the away player of the year and uh, supporters player of the year. How good did that feel for you? Yeah, I think it feels, for me personally, it's um, 
I don't think I've ever I've ever had one. So for me personally, and being safe as well, it'd have been a bit of sour <laughs> if I, if I'd have won them and we got relegated. But to just win them and stay up, um, I mean they've been fantastic with me. Um, you can see that I, I give everything every time I go out on that pitch, and um, I'm just I'm just happy as well as a team. Not just me personally. I know I got the awards, but. Um, there's a lot, lot of players that came in, especially even in October, that were in the award top six or top five or even the top three. So it just shows you that we, once that change happened, we, we managed to stick together as a group. And personally, I'm very, very delighted. But um, as a team, that's more important for me. Um, Mitch Brundle then, Matt, you've said to me he's the most important player that Dover get signed on this summer. Uh, absolutely. I think of all the players... You know, in the glory days of Dover, a few seasons they got to the playoffs, Brundles probably would walk into that team. He's been absolutely brilliant. He's a, an absolute, a very good captain. He's grown into that role as well. I think when he first came to the club, I think it took him a while to get used to that. But it, he has been absolutely brilliant. He can play in full-back, centre-half, midfield. He scores goals. Um, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant all season. And I think... Um, he was even brilliant in the first 18 games when we didn't win many games. So, um, from that point of view, yeah, if they can nail him down, he's an Andy Hessenthaler type player, I think. Um, reminds me of Hessenthaler, you're never giving up in that sort of respect. It, he is the most important sign. If they can nail him down, which could be difficult, I think. Uh, he mentioned in that interview his wife is from up north and now he's got a bit more you know, priorities in his life with his young family. And I'm sure football league clubs and bigger clubs in the National League would be looking about him because he's missed one league game in two seasons. You know, his disciplinary record's good. He's just an all-round excellent player at that level and he's been absolutely brilliant for Dover. So, I really hope they sign him on. But it wouldn't surprise me if particularly League Two clubs will be looking at him and he could go there. But he said he enjoys being a professional footballer. And with Dover being uh, full-time, I think he's enjoyed it even more. So, yeah, interesting times ahead. But yeah, Absolutely brilliant, and it was it was only one win. I think he got sixty one percent of the supporters' votes, and you know, in my opinion, he should have got ninety. He's been that good this season. Obviously, the win on Monday was at Ebbsfleet United, um, which ended any slim hopes. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered anyway, I don't think. Um, but ended Ebbsfleet United's hopes of, of sneaking into the playoffs. And from what you said to me, you you weren't particularly impressed by them, but they've done a, they've done great under Gary Hill. Yeah, they started the game pretty well the first 10-15 minutes, but they sort of run out, out of ideas because you're pushing the ball up to, to Kedwell, you know, who's still a good player, his, his vision is good, but he, he hasn't got the legs there anymore. Uh, and sort of they weren't using the flanks very well. Bagrashi and Graham, he had a good game when he was running the day with the fence, but Dover, with the likes of Brundle and Lewis shielding the back four, were never in any doubt. And Dover really should have been in front before half-time, before they get it going. I think maybe they've run out of legs a little bit. Epstein you know, came back from behind on Good Friday, 3-0 to 3 all, and they couldn't get a winner. And all the problems, etc., maybe come to the fore. But yeah, I thought Dover yeah, did a job of them, were in control of that game. So, um, which is good, eight games unbeaten. For Epstein, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a decent season, but as we said before, interesting times ahead for them in the summer. How many of those players will be there next season. A few of them are still contracted, but I think that, you know, the consensus the money they were getting under the current contracts may not necessarily be there if they want to sign another one or they might be renegotiating the contracts from that point of view. But, um, yeah, Dover, yeah, Dover have done a job and the optimism is there 
for next season at the moment. So it depends on they bring in the summer. Yeah, it, it, they're finishing well and hopefully can get to 60 points. And from that point of view, as my well, mate said to me, you know, you could wipe off the first 18 games with Dover and they would still be safe. And that shows what a great job Andy Essenthal has done. Exactly. And, and I mean, technically, you could still finish in the top half on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> I think you'll be only 12 points away from the playoffs. And you, I, I haven't actually looked at the league table, but I think we're about 15 points clear of it. So, yeah, so you, you, you're looking up towards the playoffs than you are than down. But yeah, fantastic job. So, and yes, and Tyler's done. There's no, there's no other way. I've said to you numerous times, I thought we'd add it in about November. Couldn't see us then out of it, but he's done it. And yeah, well, it's one of these things. Sometimes you want season, oh, end this season now, which I still, still think we do, but you're really looking forward to next season already. I'm sure he's going to be really proactive in the transfer market. As Jim, Jim Palmer said, keeping the National League status has been so important to do that. Everyone remember this optimism in October, please. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I suppose the thing is, the good thing is, even if we start badly, we clearly can't probably start badly as this season. But again, but you see, again, we mentioned before as well, Paul Doswell leaving Sun, Epsley's problems, you know, various things. It could be a totally different National League next season as well. Is there going to be, if Orient go up, Salford go up? You know, there may not be, sorry, I'm not saying Dover are going to win it, but I think it will be a really open league next season because some of the money sides might not have money. Uh, elsewhere this weekend, Bromley lost 2-0 at home to Solihull Moors on Friday and then drew 1-1 at Barnet uh, on Monday. Uh, Ebb Street were 3-0 down at half-time, having a Waterlooville did fought, fight back for a point, uh, but they'll still have been disappointed with that. Maidstone, even worse for them, they went bottom of the table after a 2-0 defeat at home to Braintree Town on Friday uh, and then followed that up with a 2-2 draw at Sutton United uh, in uh, with Blair Turgut scoring both of the goals on Monday. Um, now, Matt, we also, before we leave the National League, we've got a bit of an issue that we need to discuss here. So, um, a few weeks ago on this very podcast, I said to you that um, you wouldn't need 50 points. 50 points to stay up, right? Now, looking at the league table, am I right or not? You were spot on. Thank you very much. So, I'll be, you'll be buying dinner Monday then. Well, yes, I will be able to do that. Yes, yes. Uh, well, no, I'm having it already. Nice. So there you go. Yes, uh, yeah. But, but yeah, Dover have done so well. They didn't need to win the last three games, did they? So I thought, but as somebody when I'm, who talks to me, when I mentioned it on the pod, you look at it. You needed all the shot and haven't to win three games on the spin, and they haven't. And they've already picked up eight wins all season, so it's not going to happen. So I was, I, I was panicky, Matthew, at that stage of night. You certainly were very panicky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Panicky, Matthew. But now I'm chilled out, Matthew, till October. So, yeah. On our show October, I'll have to say, yeah, I've got the cigar out or I'm digging a hole in the dents to get out of here again. But, yeah, so, yeah, I was panicky, Matthew, then, wasn't I? So, um, don't we think about it. Were you always confident when Andy Hestala was appointed? Did you think... David would get out of it. Yes, I, I always did. I, I thought that he'd come in, he'd, he'd do his bits and pieces and would, would do it. And even when you had a couple of little blips, you know, he came in and made a good start. I think the first game was up at Harrogate, wasn't it? And yeah. um, and there was encouraging signs from the very outset. And I thought, you know what, I think I think the change was needed. And I know you're a big fan of, of Chris Kinnear and, and the, the job that he did at Dover cannot be understated. He did a brilliant job, but I think it was just time and uh, fair play to Jim Parmenter for making the decisions that he made because, you know, people might have looked at it and said, 
Well, Kinnear's been there so long, he's done so well. There's a bloke in the press box with some sort of spreadsheet in tears because he's near a milestone and he hasn't made it. You've upset that poor man. Um, and then he went and bought... I think about 19 games, surely it was. No, I think if Kinnear had finished the season, he was on a 1,000 games for Dover. But it also maybe have led you into the National League South again. So swings and roundabouts, oh, mate. Never really um, and, you yeah, know, yeah, I think people exactly. would, would have looked and thought Hessen Tyler was an interesting appointment. He wasn't putting up that many trees at Eastley, although Eastley have gone on to get into the playoffs. Um, he's obviously been at Dover before, but it was the right decision. And going full-time was, was the key thing as well for Dover because that just gave them that little bit of oomph. And, and you know, brought, he was able to bring in some players that had another club in, in Kent not been having some... Issues he might not have been able to get hold of, Stuart Lewis being one of them, and it just Lee Walker as well. He's been great since he came in as well. You think about that, yeah. So he just did the yeah, job, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will he take us to the next? Well, of course. Uh, I love the National League. Always love the National League. I'm quite happy staying in the National League, but of course, you're always going to be looking up and maybe looking for the playoffs again next season. So yeah, exciting times. So uh, yeah, sorry for being uh, downbeat, Matthew, and miserable, Matthew, thinking or oh, oh, panicky, Matthew, but. Now I'm happy, Matthew. Good. Excellent. Right, so International League South, Emma Welling will be in the playoffs, um, despite losing uh, two of their last three. Um, however, Dartford are, had a curious weekend because they came down to Eastbourne on, fr- on Saturday and were against a team who were still in with half a threat of relegation, were beaten by six goals to nil. Uh, that dropped Dartford out of the playoff places. However, they then bounced back on Monday with a late, late win to beat Billericay. Um, so they are now just a point behind Billericay with one game to play, but they are ninth Dartford. So they really need, um, with their goal difference as well, they need St Albans to lose, Billericay to lose and themselves to win uh, on the final day of the season on Saturday uh, when Dartford are at Oxford City themselves. St Albans are at home to the champions, Torquay United, Billericay Town at home to Bath City. So there could still be a twist there, Matt, but Dartford, that defeat on Saturday at Eastbourne is... An absolute aberration for them, isn't it? Yeah, I can believe it when I saw the scores. I mean, you know, I'd seen them the previous week. They didn't play very well, um, I can so. But I thought defensively they looked pretty solid. Weren't under too much pressure, but maybe the 3G surface. Charlie Walker, former Aldershot man, has scored many goals. He's even banged a hat-trick. Michael West, the blast from the pass, we won from that. And I thought that's Darth had gone. Um, and when I was, you know, at the game on Monday seeing... You know, seeing they were 1-0 down, they've missed a penalty, oh, their season's gone then. Tommy, Tom Murphy, I mentioned before, when he was at Dover, the first season Dover in the National League, I thought he was the player who'd go in the Football League because he was tearing it up. They had a bad injury, but he's come off the bench there, scored two goals for Dartford. Is it going to be enough? Um, there's only one player a spot. Bath already in the playoffs, could be... Will they could be playing Billericay again the following week at Bath? Will Bath rest a few players and Billericay get in? But um, I think a lot of people would like to see Billericay out of it. Dartford, I think, could go. They're not. If they do do it, there can't have been many sides who got into the playoffs with a negative goal difference, can there? No, there can't. So we do know that Welling will finish third in the table. Uh, the top three places are all secured, so Welling will finish third, and they will play the winners of the team who fin- of the teams fourth and seventh, which is where Dartford would finish if they did sneak into the playoffs. Um, and no, apparently that's the other way around. Is it Woking will play Welling will play fifth and sixth? Apparently, uh, that's not oh, what I've got in front of me. But oh, right, oh right. that's that's in the National League. It did that, but maybe I'll, I'll um, 
I'll go for your knowledge. So, so Welling will be playing Chelmsford or Billericay at this stage. At this stage. Welling are good at home. Yeah, yeah Welling are good at home, which is a good thing. And then anybody, if they're against Woking in the semi-final, even if it's Billericay, even if it's Billericay, what do I do then? Well, we're hoping it's going to be Welling. Billericay, yeah, basically anybody but Woking. Of course, but well, hopefully it'll be Welling or Dartford. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, I think Steve King, Steve King, his record in the playoffs is not too good. I don't think he said that, but he's so experienced at that. Welling players, I fancy Welling to do it. I think I, I'm putting my uh, uh, nails on the thing. Welling will be at Kent side in the National League next season. Well, that is a big, big claim from Matt Gerrard. Uh, Welling finished their regular... Pre- I've got none of my claims right this season, so uh, don't, don't put your mortgage on it, Wings fans. <laughs> Welling finished their regular season at home to Hampton and Richmond Borough on uh, Saturday afternoon before the playoffs, which we'll obviously will tell you all about them next week when everything has been confirmed and we can double-check who's playing who. Um, the last week game's Tuesday, I suppose, is it? Tuesday, Wednesday, is it? Or Wednesday? The first they game. The Welling aren't in the first game, are they? So, no, no. So I suppose. Yeah. So is it Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week? So have they said when the date games are? I don't think they have say confirmed just yet, but uh, mm. we will double check that for you, as I say, next week on the Kent Only podcast. Um, into the Bostic League then, which is the only league we've got left. Although there's a ridiculous race for the playoffs in the Premier Division, which involves a Kent club, um, we're actually going to start in the Bostic League South East, where um, we've already talked about Simon Halsey's appointment at uh, Hollands and Blair. There's also another appointment uh, this week. Lloyd Blackman is going to be the manager of Whitsville Town next season, with Scott Porter moving upstairs after just over two years in charge at the Belmont. He's done a great job there, um, getting them back into this league, and they're currently 11th in the uh, Bostic League South East Division. And uh, but he's decided it's time for him to move upstairs. Um, and I caught up with him in the week to, to find out all about it. Yeah, it's a decision I've made myself. Uh, it's uh, beneficial for the for the club to move forward the way uh, the new chairman's come involved with the youth policy. Uh, and, you know, I've been involved in 10 years now, I'm 40, uh, with Hive and Whitstable. Uh, and... You know, it's, it's the direction I want to go. Take a bit of time out, you know, not so, not so much time out, just a little bit more weight off my shoulders. Uh, and, you know, there wasn't a better person to do it than the Blackman. He's a very close friend of mine. Uh, it's one I trust and the one I'll, I'll look forward to working with, which I've done in the past when he has my coach at Hive and obviously we've kept the existing staff on. Uh, it's just a, just a role for me that I feel I need to take, uh, especially for the better for the club and for myself as well. I was going to say, isn't 40 a bit young to be moving upstairs? <laughs> um, to be fair, people might look at it like that. Uh, but with the ideas Blackie's got, the ideas the club have got, uh, with the academy, working with the academy and the, the under-23s, which they're going to call the reserves, and the youth policy, which the new chairman's got involved, it, you know, that's, that's Lloyd Blackman all over. It's not, you know, it's, I've, uh, I think I've, I've done enough there. Uh, I've been successful there. I've got them where they should be and where they wanted me to take them. Uh, and uh, I'm proud of that. And like I say, I just go out on, on a high uh, and let someone else take take it home, really. Um, as, as you kind of get get towards the end of the season, I suppose you, you can look back at it and think that, you know, it's been an, a, a decent campaign all top of which we're newly promoted and finishing 11th or in 11th place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, we always, we, 
you know, my, my main aim was to get in the playoff, but you always set them, them, them highs of being where you want to finish. Uh, it was obviously too far for us because we was a great start, inconsistent during the middle, and then we've had a great finish. So, But for the amount of money flying around and the quality of the sides in this league now, uh, it's a credit to the boys to, to come good at the end and finish where we have, uh, considering the teams below us who are... are established at this level so uh, uh, it gives us a good platform to work on for next year and like I said there's big things going to happen at the football club having meetings, meetings with a new chairman uh, and there's a lot of big things happening there he's got some big plans and I'm excited to be a part of it to work alongside him uh, and obviously work with the uh, the management team as well I suppose the big word is, is potential at Whitsville Town, isn't it? You've got a great fan base who, who make a lot of noise and get behind you. You finished the season well, and, and now with everything going on behind the scenes as well as on the pitch, the, the, the place, the, the town or the team has got such great potential. Yeah, definitely. And I said that to the boys the last three or four games. Obviously, Lloyd was in the dugout with me yesterday, and he will be in the dugout again on Saturday. You know, they've got a show that they want to be a part of it because there is big things happening and it's exciting to to go into next season with that positive vibe around the club you know and it's, it's a great club you know I was at Hive um, you know Hive was a good club for me and there wasn't many other clubs that, you know which took the boxes to go and manage and it was always one that I fancied and it was obviously getting the opportunity and now you know we've been for a rough time uh, but we're in, the good times are, are here now and we've gone through the rough times but we've got us where we want to be and uh, I'm excited and I think all the fans are the club is because uh, like you say it brings a good vibe through the summer because you know there's good things going to happen at the club You mentioned the new chairman but the outgoing chairman Joe he's, he's certainly put in some years hasn't he? Guys he's, you know, he's, done, he's done wonders for the football club since I took over I got employed by another chairman Adam Lightower and obviously that didn't work out Joe took the reins at his age again and you know, at his age, what he's done for that club over my time, even before, uh, you know, he's even doing speeches last night at the awards, you know, and he's, he deserves a, a massive uh, pat on the back because what he's done for the football club and uh, I've had a good relationship and he gave me the opportunity to continue there and uh, like I say, it goes a long way what he's done and uh, I think everyone's grateful for that. And obviously Lloyd uh, did a good job at Ramsgate and obviously things changed behind the scenes from there, but he, he did a really good job there and, and bringing the young players through and he's he's only a young man himself, so he, he's certainly a, a man who could do a good job at Whitstable. Yeah, definitely, and that's, you know, that's, that's the direction we're going. Obviously, we're not going to fill the whole team with youth, youth people because we're not gonna, we want to be successful, uh, but he can work with the academy. He can work with the under-23s and even like the under-16s, and he's got that, he's got that philosophy. Uh, and I, I haven't and that's just being perfectly honest with you and uh, my brand of football is completely different to Lloyd's and this is the way the football club I want it to go uh, and Lloyd's the best man for it and like I say he works so many hours you know to, to be uh, successful I've got every faith in the man uh, we've got a great relationship we still travel to having away games together you know we'll still be talking in the management room and things like that so I'll still be hands on but you know come off past one that changes the door that, you know that's down to Lloyd and Dulce uh, I've got every faith in the man and he's kept my staff on which was part of the, the plan uh, we've got a good backroom team there and uh, like I say his, his work effort in football is, is superb and it will only benefit benefit which all. I was going to say how are you going to feel Saturday in the dugout for the last time but obviously you're still going to be so hands on anyway as you just said yeah, yeah, of course. Obviously, I'm not going to be in the dugout after Saturday. I'll be, I'll be sitting in the stand and doing my own report and helping Lloyd out that side of it. Uh, but yeah, 
Yeah, it, it, it'd be weird because, you know, I'm a passionate manager. Like everyone knows, you know, I, I put my point across. Uh, and I won't be able to do it anymore, but that's, that's, that's part of life. That's mm-hmm. part of growing up. And that's the way it's going. And, and it's my decision. And I'm happy with it. And I feel like a lot of a lot of weight has come off my shoulders. And it's, it's a positive, positive move for me and the football club. And you'd just like to go out with a win, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. You know, we've got a night out as well, which is good. And we've got, you know, we've there's 15 of us going to our B3 amounts of time which we do every year so there's still a lot of time together with the boys and uh, like I say the only yeah, yeah, the positive is we want to we want to win on Saturday and, and try and you know we can finish 10th you know that's that's the main aim and we, we still try and do that it's out of our hands but you know that's that's the goals we want to reach if we can finish 10th that'd be a great season for us Interesting interview that one Matt I, I, I did say to him as you heard Forty's a bit young to be moving upstairs, but what I thought was really interesting was he said, "You know, I, I, I put my hands up. I'm not the person to bring through the young players." I, I thought that was very, very fair of Scott Porter. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. That was a statement that came out for me. He, Lloyd Blackman, we know what he did at Ramsgate, bringing players through. Yeah, if you look back at what he's done before Scott Porter in those things, he has had experienced players who's, who's proven at non-league level, and maybe he hasn't got the, the patience or the or the way of bringing them through, maybe the man, man management to do that. He works with more experienced players. Lloyd Blackman comes in. What, what does his role entail then, being a director of football at a club like that, if if he's not doing maybe a, a sounding board for Lloyd Blackman? But it does seem a strange decision. He seems, he, he has brought this decision on himself, so there's nothing seems to be anything uh, sinister about it. Yeah, but it is a strange one, but as we've said before, teams like the Whistables of this world, they've got to rely on local talent and maybe you get a gem out of that, then you can sell him on for some money from that point of view. So, interesting to see there. Will a few of those players come from Herne Bay as well, I would have thought, because I know they used a lot of young players this season. They've had a bit of experience. I'm sure some of them are coming from Ramsgate. So, it'll be interesting to see the triangle of Faversham, Whitstable, Sittingbourne, uh, Herne Bay, all those sort of clubs, Whitstable. Oh, there'll be a major merry-go-round of players because a lot of the people have worked together before. So, interesting times, but he's a good man. He's got, did a good job at Hive in his first spell, but maybe... He's moves upstairs. Interesting to see how long he stays there. Well, exactly. But he seems to me like he's in it for the long haul. And I do think, you know, 40 is time to move upstairs. Well, what does that mean for the podcast in like two and a bit years' time? Well, yeah, well you do a lot of the work. You're the director of this thing anyway, mate. I'm just the, uh, the organ grinder down the bottom, <laughs> so, um, from that point of view. But um, yeah, yeah. You'd have thought of director of football. You'd see, you're in long run part of the the game in the fifties, etc. Like that, are you scouting players or anything? Yeah, it seems. Well, if he if he's finished at forty, God knows why I'm nearly forty four then. <laughs> exactly, um, but no, we wish them both uh, all the luck. Yeah, yeah, all our sides. Yeah, all us. We said before the the Bostic South has been a disappointing division. I think for us this season, we expected a lot of our sides to be at the right end of the table rather than the wrong end. And I'm sure um, in the summer it'll be an interesting one. But I, that Bostic, Devon Bostic South should be known as a Kent League with all the Kent sides competing. And I think that hopefully we can get back to that next season. Exactly. And it'll be interesting to see how, um, if they do get over the line, how Craig Valley attack it next season as well. Um, but that's something uh, that we can discuss at a later date. Um, but yeah, we do wish massive good luck to Lloyd Blackman. Uh, one of the nice guys, Lloyd, I, I, got on, I got on really well with him. And Scott Porter as well, you know, um, came across really well, I thought, in that interview. And, and um, good luck to him in his move upstairs. And I hope that he enjoys his day on Saturday at Three Bridges uh, before in his last game before he uh, moves upstairs, his last game as a manager 
for the time being, at least, anyway. Um, One of the things, though, mate, I, I couldn't be going to IB to a 43. God, oh, dear. <laughs> no. I'd be, I'd be, oh, oh dear, that, that's not my cup of tea at all. So, um, yeah, good luck to him there. Although, I'd rather just a, a pipe and slippers, man. Oh, dear, I can't think any worse. No, uh, last weekend, looking back at the fixtures very quickly, on um, Friday, Ashford United secured their playoff place with a 3-1 win over VCD Athletic. Uh, and then on Saturday, Whitstable Town were beaten 4-0 uh, at East Grinstead. It was uh, same score for Faversham at Horsham, uh, nil four. Phoenix Sports beat Guernsey three two. Ramsgate nil, Haywards Heath nil. Seven Oaks beat Herne Bay two one. Sittingbourne nil, Hastings United three. Uh, they're not ending the season in, in the best of form. And the champions Cray Wanderers were two 0 winners at Three Bridges. Followed by on Monday a full program of fixtures: uh, Cray Wanderers three, Seven Oaks Town four. Absolute thriller up there. Faversham one, Ramsgate three. Hastings 2, Ashford United 2. Some brilliant pictures of the Ashford fans down there as well. Uh, certainly having a, a, a good spell. Herne Bay 1, Sittingbourne 1, uh, BCD Athletic 2, Phoenix Sports 0. And it was Whitstable 0, Hyde Town 0. And I just need to double check something because I'm just looking back through those scores. And yes, the same player for Herne Bay scored their own goal on Saturday and on Monday. Now that's unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah, well that is a bit disappointing. I expect, yeah, I hope you got some Easter eggs to... Um... To get over that, two own goals in two consecutive games. Oh dear! Do you find out the player's name? Simon Cavanagh. Oh dear, Simon. I'm oh, sorry. We're giving you a shout out on the pod, not for the right reasons, but hopefully you can put, put the ball in the right net this weekend. Yeah, fingers crossed for you, Simon. Uh, last games of the season, obviously in the regular season um, on Saturday for um, for these teams. Uh, we have uh, Ashford against Hayward Heath, East Grinstead against Faversham, Hyde against Cray Wanderers, Phoenix Sports against Herm Bay. Come on, Simon, score in the right end. Uh, Ramsgate against Whiteleaf, Seven Oaks against VCD Athletic, Sittingbourne at home to Guernsey, and it's Three Bridges against Whitstable Town. Now, according to the uh, Bossett League website, the semi-finals for the South East Division are on Monday. So Ashford United, having played on Saturday against Hayward Heath, who are a team who are in the uh, playoff mixture with them. Uh, who I think will finish fifth in the table by the looks of it. Uh, Ashford United, therefore, could be playing uh, on Saturday against Hayward Heath, and then their likely opponent is Hastings on Monday. So that could be two games in, in 48 hours for Ashford. And, and Hastings, if it looks like it will be them, that'll be a tough game for them. Yeah, interesting. They're playing away at Hayward Heath or at home? Uh, at home to Hayward Heath. Yeah, because in a horse, it's an interesting one for Ashford because if they know if they lose to Hayward Heath, they play away at Horsham, or if they gain a point because their goal difference is a lot better, they could be play away at Hastings. Hastings. They'll be away at Hastings, wouldn't they? Away if they, well, well, they could, could be above Hastings. Yeah, they could finish above them, yeah. So, again, they took 200 fans to um, Hastings from that point of view. Hastings are always a side that seems to come to the, the end. playoffs. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, F. Interesting to see. Well, I've done a good job there, Tommy Warlow's done in. Again, I'm asking this question again. There's no guarantee if you win these playoffs, you will be going up, is there? No, absolutely none. Um, so no. You, it will come down to points per okay. game. So Ashford actually 
could really use a win on Saturday to give them a better points per game to make sure they're in the top four of the seven that or five of the seven or whatever a stupid system it is to make sure that they have a chance of, of being promoted because it could be that they win the playoffs but their points per game average is not as good as anyone else's so they, they the pressure is on them is to there win. another playoff is there a super playoff in this or not no no super playoffs these ones are done on points per games it's the premier league where there's uh, with premier right. division where there's a points per game uh, the final incidentally of the bossit league southeast playoffs is on friday may the 3rd at 7:45 so uh, Not on a Saturday. Friday, May the Friday, May the third. It's a Friday. That's why I said Friday, May the third. Who thinks of this thing? Well, see, normally, why have a game on a? Ah, it's ridiculous. Normally it's Friday. It used to be Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Obviously now there's four divisions, and obviously if there's one division they're going to stitch up, it's going to be the unloved southeast. So that's that's why the playoffs semi-finals are on um are on Monday, so that the final can be on Friday. Ridiculous scenes. Absolutely. Again, you could probably put this back. So you have, I don't know, midweek. Midweek again for the semi-final, that's standard. Have the final, Bank Holiday Monday. Premier League final, Bank Holiday Monday, mate. Well, does it make any difference? Just do it all at the same time. No, because How many the, people are on the committee? The league bigwigs want to be there, want to be no, all the finals, don't they? It's yeah. a bit like cricket. Football, you know, sort of, again, we're not getting our... Um, high horse here but you know have some sense for the supporters who want to go and watch these matches I know there may be groundhoppers who want to go and see every single one I appreciate that but make sure the clubs can make some money out of it no respect on a Friday night if Ashford are in the final you know the, the, the hard will go but it's not going to the floating fan is it it's going to do from that they want it on a Saturday or a Monday oh dear Alexa sort the Bosnick Premier League fixtures out whatever it is jeez it's not back to me yet Excellent. Right, into the Bossett League Premier Division then, where Folkestone had a cracking weekend. But is it going to be enough? A 4-0 winners against second place Harangay Barra on Saturday to give them a chance. Then they went to Margate on Monday. 3-0 winners at Margate to keep them in the hunt. They are seventh. They are one point outside the playoff places. There are Tunbridge Angels, they finished the, they're in the top three. Absolutely fine. No problems there. They're in the playoffs. Tunbridge Angels, well done. This is where it gets interesting. Carshorton Athletic have got 68 points. Bishop Stortford have got 67 points. They are in the playoff places. Merstham have 67 points. They are sixth. Folks and Victor have 66 points. They are seventh. And Worthing have 65 points. They are eighth. Two from five will make the playoffs. Here's where it gets interesting. Saturday's fixtures, anybody? Bishop Stortford against Carshorton Athletic is one of them. Merstham against Worthing and the other game is Folkestone at home to Bognor Regis Town. So my very quick workings out here. Folkestone have to win. That is the first uh, first emotion. Well, no, they don't have to win. They could technically sneak in with a draw, but you'd, you'd say they've got to win. So Folkestone win, they'll go to 69 points. Carshorton and Bishop Stortford, only one of those will have 69 points at the end of the, the day's play. Because if Bishop Stortford win that game, they'll have 70. Carshorton will have 68. And the way it goes. So then Merstham against Worthing becomes a big game. Worthing need to win that game. They could get technically it could be Worthing with 68 getting in there with Carl Shorten on 68 and focusing Victor in fourth on 70 points. What a weekend that's gonna be. I didn't realise they're all playing it. Yeah, Folkestone good at home. Bogner, we're Bogner in the league. Twelve. Twelfth. Yeah. They're on the they're on, well, they're probably staying at Butlins as we speak, Bogner. So uh, they're probably done. So Neil Cudley's boys score goals for fun, put it to bed. You know, you rely on other straws. Jamie Cuderton, friend of the show, my favourite non-Ken footballer, banged a couple of goals with his 1,000th appearance. 
I'm thinking Bishop Stortford will beat Carshorton, but folks in the Invicta will get through by beating Bognor and they'll be in the playoffs. And that could that mean an all-Kent semi-final? It could well mean an all-Kent semi-final between if if they finish fourth. Um, no, that wouldn't do. That wouldn't do that unless unless Tommy Angels beat. Uh, uh, Tommy Angels finish second because if Bishop Stortford win, they'll be above Folkestone, so Folkestone would finish fifth. But yeah, but folks arguably really want Car Short and Bishop Stortford to draw, don't you? Yeah. Mercer, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, could, it could be, it could be, yeah, it could well be. But well, yeah, who would have thought? I suppose focusing got to the playoffs last year and it all went a bit wrong. So fantastic achievement in about February, March. We thought, well, they've had it. I think even Neil Cugley said that when we spoke to him on the show that he thought that it would be very difficult for getting the playoffs, but they've turned some good form. Um, again, Yusuf scoring goals. They've got some goal scorers, attacking team. I know they've got problems off the pitch. Neil Cugley's no longer the director of football, whatever that means. But yeah, fantastic achievement, folks, if they can do it two years in the spin. And what a great achievement Tommy Angels did as well. So, But again, John, there's no guarantee that if you win these playoffs, you're going up, is there? No, because there's a super playoff, which is being held on the uh, 11th of May. So we'll find out what happens. Is that, that Friday? Um, is that Saturday? That is a Saturday. <laughs> the semi-finals, though, for the uh, Bossett League Premier Division are on Thursday night next week with the final on Bank Holiday Monday. Does that appease you in any way, shape or form? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, this back on the Monday, um, from that point of view, but yeah, I feel sorry for the Devon Bostick South how they're playing on a Friday, play them on a Saturday for goodness sake. But yeah, fingers crossed. So with Tunbridge and then they play the winners of the other Devon Bostick League region, is that right? No, it's it'll be it's geographical, so it'll probably be someone from the Southern Premier or something like that. Uh, uh, fingers, fingers crossed we'll, we'll be talking well we've got one side in the playoffs hopefully we'll have two yeah 1300 people at uh, Worthing on uh, Friday to see their 1-1 draw with Angels um, and then on Saturday we've already mentioned the Folkestone's win uh, Margate were 1-0 winners away at Wingate and Finchley Noel Layton on target again and then on Monday uh, Tommy Jones secured that place in the playoffs by beating Carl Shorten Athletic 1-0 thanks to a Craig Stone goal uh, obviously Margate beating 3-0 644 people there at Hartsdown Park and the big question on everybody's lips at Hartsdown Park is what's happening with Jay Saunders uh, Margate fan says he asked him and Jay said he didn't know um, it's a difficult one isn't it because Margate fans would have been hoping it'd be done now because he's going to be a man in demand after the job he's done there. And, and there's certainly a couple of places, I think, Matt, that will be looking at Jay Saunders now. Well, I would have thought something might do now that Paul Doswell's leaving. Um, use of 3G surfaces, they did a good job from that point of view. The other thing, so when I speaking to the Margate fan here, was, um, again, no work will be continued on the ground, apparently, in the summer. Even though we mentioned earlier in the year they were working on it, apparently, and there's no date yet set for when... Um, sort of spade hits turf which from a Margate point of view all the problems had over the year is that more of a concern than they haven't got Jay Saunders as manager because that may be one of the stumbling blocks Jay Saunders has built a club up with Maidstone and maybe he could do it with Margate but nothing happening with the ground at Margate which does that surprise me? Probably not no. uh, This weekend obviously the final games of the season Margate go to relegated Harlow uh, and Tom and James were away to Potter's Bar Town they could win that game and quite conceivably finish second because Haringey Borough we've already heard but thumped at Folkestone are away to Dorking Wanderers in their final game so uh, Tom and James has got eyes on second place in the table God, what a show that's turned out to we're, we're going to be over an hour now Matt after the, the two interviews are added in um, and all of our prattling on but uh Rightly so, because it's been a, a thrilling weekend and, and a, the end of a an interesting season. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about it uh, reflectively next week, but um, yeah, it's been it's been mad, hasn't it, this year? Absolutely crazy. I'd love to look listen back to our predictions. Maybe you can ask your Alexa because my mum 
clearly not interested of our first show of the season who what our predictions were and how people would do so um, yeah we've probably got it all wrong but it's been a, you know people say Kent is not a hotbed of football but when you're close to it like we are you realise it is how much it means to people so hasn't been the most successful season but I think it will go down as a memorable season as you look back in 10 years time and think bloody hell a lot of a lot went on teams like Maidstone Dover Ebsley uh, and you look at Margate changing managers again from that point of view. Darford going with the joint managers. Has that been a success? Maybe we'll discuss that next week. So, yeah, plenty of talk, stories to talk about uh, in Kent non-league football. And uh, we've enjoyed giving it over with in uh, association with Workforce Dimensions Limited. Giving it out to you in the Kent non-league podcast. Exactly. That is all for this week's Kent non-league podcast with Workforce Dimensions Limited. Um, Give our, our radio show a listen this Monday night, 9 o'clock, BBC Radio Kent. Uh, we're going to be joined by Laurie Wilson, Lee Worgan, Neil Smith and hopefully someone from Maidstone as well, although I need to chase that up myself. Uh, but we're going to be re- reflecting on the National League season um, and obviously we'll be doing updates on Ashford because they're playing Monday night as well, apparently. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll... Um, yeah, hopefully you'll we'll be able to listen to that. As always, you can get in touch with us on social media, on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non League. I'm, as we've already discussed, John Phipps 81 on Twitter and Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Scott Porter and thanks to Mitch Brundle for chatting to us as well. And we will see you all next week when the season will be over for almost everybody, Matt. Oh, I'm disappointed the season's ended. I'm not going to be able to speak to you as much, John.